Good morning, Resurrection family. Good morning, Resurrection family. Good morning, Resurrection family. Good morning. You didn't have to be here, but we are. He didn't have to wake us up this morning, but he did. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why do you want to go? I want to go and give glory and honor to the God of my salvation, the God who has watched over me this week, the God who has protected me this week, the God who has rocked me in the cradle of his arms this week, the God who dried my tears this week. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, hallelujah, what an opportunity we have. On behalf of our pastor, Ray D. Brown Sr., we welcome you this morning. We welcome you as our members. We welcome our guests. If you are a first-time guest, we want you to text guests to 830-689-8074. Let us know a little bit about you, and we're going to share something with you. This is the first Sunday in March. 2023. Three years after the world was shut down. When we had to be stuck at home watching, watching online. This is March 2023 and we are in the house. No mask able to stand next to one another. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's the first Sunday in March. And on the first Sunday, we observe the ordinances of our faith. And the ordinances of our faith are baptism and communion. And we are about to observe baptism right now. We will be observing communion at the end of the service. So make sure you don't leave before the benediction, because you won't be through worshiping until we observe and participate in communion. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. Let us not forget that in this house today, there may be somebody who is not saved. You have not accepted Christ and you need to be saved. And one of the things you're gonna do is accept Christ and then be baptized. So it is a blessing today and heaven is rejoicing because we have a family with us today. The Armstrong family. We have a family, a mother and a daughter. Let's go down. Let's go down by the river.
in obedience to God our Father and to Jesus Christ who is the head of the church. And based on your profession of faith, we baptize you now, Marquia Rochelle Armstrong, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. There is obedience to God our Father and to Jesus Christ who is the head of the church and based on your profession of faith Jordan Danielle Armstrong we baptize you now in the name of the Father in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit We have new members of the family. Their lives will never be the same. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, well, we have the magnification team. Their throats are already warmed up. And then you see some of us with this shirt, never stop. Our pastor is coming. Pastor is in the house today. And he's going to start a series, Never Stop. And we've been praying for him, and we cannot wait to see what God has in store for us today. Let's worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and say hallelujah. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. I was standing over in the little corner and all I felt in the room was an atmosphere of gratefulness. I felt it. I felt an atmosphere of gratefulness. Uh, uh, my sister mentioned three years ago when the world shut down. The world didn't just shut down. I ended up with COVID in the hospital with pneumonia. But God. See, a lot of people can't tell that testimony. Because somebody went in and didn't come out. But God, I can stand here with you today because he is the greatest power. Hallelujah. He's the greatest power. Have you tried him? No, I, I, I want to know for real. Have you tried him? See, because we come to church and we do that little cute thing and we play. I want to know for real. Have you tried him? 
Hallelujah. Y'all, we came to praise him today. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Father. Now, come on. You can clap your hands with us and sing this little song. Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the, You're the same yesterday, today, and forever.
Hallelujah. Now this next song means a little something to me. You know, all of them do, you know, in their own way. But, but this one today, for real, for real. See, earlier I had on some high heels and a skirt. I went and put on some combat boots, James. Because I came in to do some work. I said I came in to do some work. When the devil show up, you got to show up stronger. When the devil come, you got to come harder. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. Ah, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. See, there are people that said they was going to do something and they didn't do it. There are people that made me promises, Reverend, and they didn't keep them. But God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he would repent. If he said it, he'll do it. Hallelujah. Glory. Arise. I shall be. I shall go in victory. No weapon found against me. Because God is the greatest power, we shall never, never be defeated. Because God is the greatest power, we shall never, never be defeated. I shall rise. Come on, declare it. I shall be. I don't care what it looked like because God, I don't care who walked away, we shall never, I don't care who said no, because God, we shall never, never be, never be, Say this part like you mean it. The devil is a liar. God is exalted. Never be defeated. Never be defeated. Say the devil is a liar. Say it like you mean it. God is exalted. And we'll never, never be defeated. We'll never, 
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Can I get my testimony? I'm an heir of salvation. Purchase of God born in his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my story Praising my Savior. Come on, help me. Praising my Savior. All day. All day. Oh, this is, this is, this is my story. This is my story. This is my song. This is my thank you for this privilege. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We give all praise to you. The devil is a liar. The devil is defeated. We decree and declare victory one more time. In fact, that's all we've come to do is acknowledge and celebrate. 
We're not celebrating for the victory. We're praising you because of the victory, from the victory. We thank you, Lord, for defeating the enemy. And we've come to acknowledge it one more time. Again, Lord, we ask that you would bless your word, let it be magnified. Bless your people, let them be edified. Bless your name, let it be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, every heart say amen. Give the Lord another great big hand of praise. Amen. Thank you again. Come on, give our worship team, Sister Tasha. Amen. God bless you. Bless you. Come on, you need to give it. Amen. That's our second time. Amen. Amen. We are just thanking God, you may be seated for just a moment because I do want to make a couple of announcements, amen. You've seen some of them probably when you walked in. Uh, I want you to be very cognizant of some of the things that we're doing as we continue to open up more fully. We're still doing some things uh, by way of Zoom. Um, the evangelism classes will start Tuesday on March the 14th. Amen. I can't tell you how important it is that people in our church, uh, everyone in our church uh, understand what we're trying to do by way of community. We're going to share some more in the Word today, but evangelism is a process in which in our church, while we, how we mature people, how we mature the believer, amen? And it starts off with the basic Bible doctrine class. I want to encourage all of you, amen, uh, to get, ma'am, please ma'am and please sir, to get connected um, through the evangelism process um, as soon as you can, amen? Uh, that is our encouragement. We want to encourage all of you who have joined and have not stopped by way of the Next Step classes. Amen. You're a new member. Uh, meet everyone every first Wednesday by way of Zoom. We're going to, in fact, this next month, we're not going to do it by Zoom. We're going to have a live class. Amen. A live class. And so we're making preparations for that. Amen. And I um, want to see your face in the place. All right. Amen. There's so many other <clears throat> announcements. I know you've already heard about the um, uh, Recruitment Sunday. What is Recruitment Sunday? We're trying to get everybody in our church actively involved in some way. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you just can't just come on Sundays. Amen. Amen. I'll go look at him again and say, yeah, you can just come on Sundays. But, amen, just leave it just like that. Amen. Amen. And let them fill in the rest, okay? Amen. Boy, this is going to be a great day. Y'all already praising God. Amen. So those are some things I wanted to point out real quickly. There are other announcements that we'll make um, that we want you to get connected. We wanna, we're starting back up our life groups. Some of you all are already continuing. Um, we're going to be moving forward in life groups. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. That was really enthusiastic right there. I, amen. I felt that right here. I felt it. I felt it, amen. We'll describe, we'll share with you what life groups is all about. I understand, no, y'all screwed right now. I, I get it, I get it, amen. But we're gonna share with you more in depth, but that's all about, the whole goal is to get everybody connected, amen. We want you to be able to feel, not like you're just a number or another person in the pew, but that you really have some ties to what's going on and you're grounded in what's happening in your church, amen. 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 We want to be connected to you. Amen. So just say never stop. Amen. Say never stop. 
Amen. That's a little better. One more time. That's a whole lot better, but I think you could do one more time. Yes. All right. Won't you stand for, on your feet for the reading of the Word of God? Listen as you're standing. This is the day the Lord has made. You ought to rejoice and be glad. We're in a special series during this season of Lent, uh, and it's entitled Never Stop uh, because Lent is a bridge that we believe is like a bridge, and it's the only way you can get from one side to the other is you must never stop. Life is like that as well, isn't it? On last week, we began this series and said never stop dreaming. Today, with the aid, assistance, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we want to talk about never stop telling your story. We want to invite your attention to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. And I want to read into your hearing verses 18 through 20. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Did I say something different? I need to start looking and see what's on there. Okay. Mark chapter 5. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. And we're reading from the NIV. We want to read into your hearing verses 18 through 20. And it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and he had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Never stop telling your story. Amen. You're sitting in a different place. I heard that amen way over there this time. Whenever we are disrupted by abnormal patterns of life and experience, our first instinct is to look away, push it aside, and pretend it's not there. Yeah. However, as we trail the tapestry of the text that we have tagged for today, Jesus offers another way. He crosses the sea to arrive not just on the other side, but in the land of the Gentiles. This was not his crowd, it was not his clique, it was not his crew, and the details of the text make it clear that for an, orth an Orthodox Hebrew, this was the land of the unclean, the defiled, the impure. The moment Jesus stepped onto the shore in this land, he's confronted by a man, according to the text, who had an unclean spirit. His hair was matted together, his face was unshaven, he was foaming at the mouth with blood oozing from his self-inflicted wounds. The stench of dried pus and sour vomit both preceded and followed him. He was unsettled, uncontrolled, unhappy, unstable, and unclothed. We don't know much about who he was, but we do know that he was somebody's son, somebody's brother, probably somebody's husband, and maybe somebody's dad. But all of those normal patterns of life and experience have been disrupted by the destructive, demonic presence that was now operating in his life. 
The text testifies that he was unrestrained. Break that down, Pastor. Nobody could tell him anything. He could not be taught. He could not be tutored. He could not be tamed. He could not be trained. Nobody could talk to him. No rules would he follow. He was not teachable. He was not reachable. He was not trainable. He was not available. He was not pliable. He was out of control, off the chain, off the hook, doing first one thing, then another. He was in a state of total rebellion. He didn't even know why he did the things he did. Attempts to restrain him were unsuccessful. Repeatedly, he had been detained and incarcerated, but to no avail, he was willing to pay the price for his vice because he was accustomed to his addiction, accustomed to being let down, put down, knocked down, held down, shut down, and locked down. And let me tell you quickly, brothers and sisters, can I give this one to you for free? You don't have to be in jail to be incarcerated. Because you're, listen, 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 just because you're not in jail don't mean you're free. Still worse for this man, his life had been relegated to living, get this, in the graveyard. Putting himself in proximity with corpses. He, he, he had been uh, accustomed to uh, being and hanging out with the corpses, which the Hebrews would consider to be uh, ritually impure. He had moved out of his house into the cemetery. A, a tomb became his apartment. He, he got to the point where he was comfortable with the dead, more comfortable with the dead than he was with the living, with things that weren't thinking, things that weren't feeling, things that weren't dreaming or achieving or aspiring. He dwelt among dead Things. I got to jump off right here. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody listening to me right now has been hanging out in dead places with dead things. And rather being influenced to live, you've been seduced to die. Rather than being built up, you are slowly and sadly, seductively being torn down because you are hanging out with dead things. This man would rather lay down at night among dead things, remembering what he should have forgotten and forgot what he should have been remembering, laying in the arms of dead things, talking on the phone with dead things, emailing the extinct. And the longer he did it, the more comfortable he became with it. Because y'all hear me when I say this, dead things have a way of dulling your senses and destroying your purpose. This man found comfort in the context of a cemetery. You better preach, Pastor. Here it is. He was on the verge of self-destruction and annihilation, and suddenly he heard a noise down on the waterfront. And notice, if you will, in the text that Jesus was still some distance away, but he was moving in his direction. That's a shout. You just missed it. I, I'll shout for you because no matter where you are and how bad it is, I want to assure you today that Jesus is moving in your direction. Can I get somebody over here who can witness that? Can I get some witnesses on that? 
because their eyes met, and if you don't mind me using my mind's eye, temporarily embarrassed, this man probably hesitated. I don't have a suit. I don't have any clothes. I don't have a shirt. I don't have uh, the things I need to have. I, I can't go back home now because I owe too many people. I've cheated too many people. I've hurt too many people. I've, I, I'm not even on this man's level. I'm naked. I've been stripped. I need him, so I'll run to him. I'm wild. My fingernails are dirty. I know I look pitiful, but there's something in him reaching out to something in me, and this might be my last shot. So I've got to get to Jesus. I, I couldn't wait to get to this part because my suggestion for somebody who rolled up in here today, who's listening to me right now, even if you're streaming this or if you're hearing this on the radio, now is the time for you to get to Jesus. Don't you hesitate. You need to pray now. Confess now. Believe now. I know maybe you've been going to church for a while and you know the order, but don't wait till the invitation. Don't wait till you get it all together. Don't wait till you get straightened out. Don't wait until we invite you. Don't wait until we pray. You need to get to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You ought to do like this man. Run to Jesus right now. The text says he ran and wait, when you know the enemy is trying to kill you, you have to be willing to run. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. Let me put it. When you know that your life is in jeopardy, you ought to be willing to run. No time to be cute. No time to, to front. No time to fake and, and pretend. You've got to be willing to run. Jesus stepped off the ship into the mud with his wet robe and tired disciples to face a captive audience. This desperate, despicable, dysfunctional man is running in his direction. It's a question running towards an answer. It's a problem running towards a prescription. It's a disease running towards a healing. He didn't know any scripture. He had not matriculated at the university. He didn't know any foreign languages. He had no social standing. He wasn't on social media. He didn't tweet, post, or TikTok. He wasn't LinkedIn. He had no social connections, and yet he's running toward Jesus. Can I say it plainly today for somebody who might miss it that whatever might be wrong with you in this moment if you run to Jesus Jesus can fix it can I ask you won't he do it I said Jesus can fix it somebody ought to testify you ought to be saying it louder than me because you know you wouldn't be where you are right now if Jesus hadn't fixed you I know you're looking real churchy right now but the truth is you know what you've been wearing when you go to the clubs and and how you've been hanging out here and there and folks saw you in here they wouldn't even recognize it but you, you ought to praise God because you are a witness that Jesus can fix it Somebody ought to testify he's hope for the hopeless. He's help for the helpless. He's a friend for the friendless. He's strength for the weak. He's light in darkness. He's a way out of no way. When every door has been closed in your face, you ought to run to Jesus because Jesus can fix it. Listen, the corpses around him couldn't move. The corpses around him couldn't cry. The corpses around him couldn't holler, but he could. And so he ran, and Jesus, light and darkness, Jesus, waymaker, miracle worker, didn't turn him down. Jesus didn't even ask him to social distance himself. Jesus was more willing to sit by him or, or help him than you are willing to sit by somebody next to you. And instead of running from him, instead of telling him we got the quarantine, he asks his name. He asked him for his name. He said, it's right there in the text. Jesus said, what is your name? And don't miss it because an answer comes, but it's not from the man. Instead, it's from the spirit possessing the man. I wish I had some time. I'd work there for just a moment. 
Because listen, when we are literally, when we see this text, we are witnessing a showdown between the demonic and divinity. Between evil and eternity. The demonic man, the demonic in the man spoke out of the man and said, I am legion for we are many. Okay, let me say it again. I know I messed up. The demonic in the man spoke out of the man. We are legion. I am legion for we are many. The demonic in the man spoke out of the man and said, I am legion. Okay, let me teach it while I preach it. Because legion, y'all, was the word that was used to describe a Roman regiment of five to 6,000 soldiers. Now, the political overtones of this name being used in this text to the first century readers of the Gospel of Mark is apparent because their land was occupied then like Ukraine is occupied now by an oppressive foreign army. The Roman army had invaded and occupied their land. So stepping into the situation, Jesus is going literally, hear me when I say this, head to head with the oppressive forces that existed in that day. Are y'all getting this? And in fact, you could tell uh, what his mission was by his inaugural sermon. Everybody who's ever preached the first sermon usually does not get it right. I know they shake your hand, they, they pat you on the back, say you did a good job. Uh, I don't want to say they lying, but they trying to encourage you real good. Everybody's first sermon is a mess. It's all over the place. You don't know what you're doing. It's just your first sermon. Sometimes it takes a long time to get it right. It took me 30-something years to get to this point right now. So don't y'all be looking at me strange. I know what I'm doing. I've done this for a long time, but I wasn't always like this. But here Jesus preaches his inaugural sermon, and he makes it clear what his mission statement is. He says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to who? To the poor. Okay, y'all ain't even getting this. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Freedom for who? For the captives. And recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He goes head to head with the oppressive forces of the empire, with the oppressive forces of Rome. And that's why I believe, hear me well, that those who say that they are authentically called by Jesus have no choice but to speak to and at times speak against the repressive, suppressive, oppressive forces that exist and operate to dominate our world preach pastor we we've got to be a voice to the vulnerable y'all we we've got to be a trumpet blowing for freedom we need to advocate on behalf of the poor we we've got to use our blessings to be a blessing for others we got to stand up for those who are constantly being knocked down by systems and structures of denial discrimination and despair Jesus in the text confronts the oppressive forces that are controlling this land and this man and he vanquishes the spirit by sending it into a herd of nearby pigs who hurl themselves roundly off the cliff into the sea. Oh, you got to recognize right here. You got to recognize the panic that is present in the pericope. I thought y'all would have just been moved by how I just said that, but okay, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Uh, 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 the demonic spirits in this man were terrified because now the problem and the power were in proximity. Okay, y'all still ain't getting it. Okay, I'm going to lean in right here. The, the, the enemy knew 
The, the adversary knew, make it plain, Pastor. The, the, the devil knew that if he could just keep the power from getting to the problem, he could maintain possession. Somebody ought to grab that real quickly. The, the only hope that he had was to prevent the power in Jesus from getting to the problem in the man. Because if the power got to the problem, then no weapon formed against him would it be able to prosper. Ah, now I can drop my kickstand right there. Because that is why, y'all, the enemy works overtime. He works feverishly and vehemently to stop you from being here. Okay, I, see, some of y'all, it's just habitual. You're going to be at church every Sunday. But some of y'all, it takes a little bit more. The devil, you didn't even know it, has been doing everything to keep you from being here and from singing here and from praying here and from shouting here and growing here and serving here and worshiping here and connecting here and staying here because the enemy knows that if you make it to where Jesus is, your problem will be touched by his power. Can I get some witnesses? Jesus vanquishes this demonic spirit by sending it into a herd of pigs. Now you can't miss this because the demons in this one man exited him and entered 2,000 pigs and killed every one of them. Okay, you missed it. You missed it. The demon in the one man exited him and entered 2,000 pigs and killed every one of them. All of what killed them was being carried by one man. Ah, this man was carrying enough stuff, y'all. He was carrying enough mess. He was carrying enough stress. He was carrying enough misery. He was carrying enough pain. He was carrying enough agony to kill 2,000 pigs. And it's a miracle that he even ever made it to Jesus. Somebody ought to shout right there. Because as we look back together, we can see what we've come through. And if you look and if you recognize just for just a quick second what you've come through, you'll shout because you know that it's, it's a miracle that you even made it here. We've survived some stuff that would have drove some other people crazy, made them pull the trigger, made them swallow a whole carton of pills and jump off a bridge. You are a miracle. Don't you ever doubt who you are and what you are, that God has you here to be a witness, a living, breathing manifestation of his power. I need 350 people who ain't ashamed to say I'm a miracle. Go on and stand up and look at your neighbor and shout it loud and say, I'm a miracle. I should have been dead, sleeping in my grave, but God, but God, but God, but God, I, I shouldn't even be here right now. I should be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but God, but God, but God, I ought to be sleeping under a bridge, but God, but God, somebody ought to scream, I'm a miracle. Go on and tell your neighbor, go on and testify, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. It might have killed you if you were raised like I raised and hated like I was hated and broke like I was broken, poor like I was poor and down like I was down and wounded like I was wounded and abused like I was abused and neglected like I was neglected and mistreated like I was mistreated and lied on like I was lied on. I am a miracle. Walking, talking, breathing demonstration 
of the power of God. And that's why I got to praise him. That's why I got to thank him. That's why I got to make some noise. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul. Ah, ah. Listen, listen. There's a dramatic turn of events. A dramatic turn of events in the text that gets people's attention because probably because of the herd of pigs had affected financial stability for the wine, for the swine herders and, and, and the larger community as well. That's a loss. Wait, 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 get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. It's messing with their money. And if you really want to see how saved somebody is, Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> mess with their money. If you want to see how spiritual somebody is, if you want to get people riled up, if you want to get people upset and, and angry and disturbed, just mess with their money. So if Jesus was waiting for the gathering crowd from the nearby town to thank him for dealing with the possessed man who had disturbed them, that they, that they sent him to the graveyard for, far from town, Jesus, if he was waiting for any kind of thank you, he was going to be waiting for a long time. Maybe it was the destruction of the pigs and the interruption of the economic social status quo in which each person knew their place that upset, that, that upset them. Maybe it was that they saw Jesus as a foreigner who, uh, a Hebrew, uh, different than they were and they didn't have, they, they had nothing, to, they, they wanted nothing to do with him. But whatever it was, the text makes it clear that they asked and demanded in the text, verses 17 and 18, Jesus, you got to go. <laughs> You're not welcome here. And, 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 and even though the formerly possessed man is now no longer possessed, they demanded that Jesus leave their shores and the formerly possessed man, who's no longer possessed, begs Jesus to go with him. But Jesus refuses and says no. Here's what he did say. Go home. Tell your friends what the Lord has done for you. Y'all know that's where I've been trying to get to all day. Come here for just a moment because if you've been paying attention, this is not the usual answer or the expected answer that Jesus would give because up until this point, Jesus had been gathering followers, not turning them away. Typically, especially in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew, Jesus tells those that he heals, he says these words, he says, say, do not say anything to anyone about anything that has transpired as if he's trying to withhold his identity and his abilities to remain secret 
for an appointed time. So what do we make of Jesus' instructions to this man that he is liberated from a legion of demons that occupied his body, mind, and soul? and caused him to inflict harm on himself and isolate himself from the community. What do we make of Jesus saying, go home and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you? Maybe, my friends, Jesus is teaching all of us today how deeply interconnected we are as a community. That if you hurt, I hurt. And, 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 and maybe he's saying to us that the health and the well-being of one of us has implications for all of us. Okay, y'all y'all still not. It's really true, y'all. I believe it, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That ignorance anywhere is a threat to intelligence everywhere. That poverty anywhere is a threat to prosperity everywhere. That hunger anywhere is a threat to stability everywhere on the surface it may not seem fair that jesus sent his legion of demons this legion of demons into the herd of pigs those pigs with their bacon and ribs and sausage and pork loins and chitterlings no matter how high or low on the hall it represented the people's livelihood so why should the whole community have to suffer just so one man can be healed? Do y'all see where I'm going? Reflect on that for just a moment because our community and our culture recently has been shocked and stunned. The richest country in the world, the most wealthiest country in the world has a high number of young people committing suicide in the prime of their lives. Our hearts break collectively. We mourn for families left behind. We rightfully feel sorry, sorrow and we are upset, maybe some even anger, but consider that that in some ways, I got to say it, as a society, all of those deaths were assisted suicide. Okay, y'all supposed to be quiet. I said it right there and just, I wrote it down. They'll be quiet right here. Lean in. So let me lean in. Listen real close. We live in a society that has decided that they can't afford the financial burden of responsibly caring for the mentally ill especially adult mentally ill. I was in the nation's capital a few weeks ago and there were homeless people right next to the White House. Y'all ain't even feeling me on this. Ah, ah, our withdrawal of real substantive support and unwittingly and unconsciously to assist people and who have given up and who have given up hope and tragically they're ending their lives. Uh, think about what I'm saying because when you look at this stirring story, Jesus offers us really a glimpse of what the kingdom of God looks like and it's not a condition in which we don't just get to say I'm favored and I'm blessed and I'm, I'm I'm, I'm satisfied and I'm a winner. I'm on my way to the top and, and the life which we favor in spiritual communities. It's a place, y'all hear me well, and a people who willingly cross over the bridge to the other side of stormy situations and take the time to attend to the needs of other people. Come on, somebody help me say, it's not about you. 
spiritual community ought to be a place and a people who choose willingly to bear each other's burdens and share the cost of each other's healing. This is why Jesus sent the man back home to tell his story, to show up to those who have seen him at his ver very worst. These are the people who have the greatest invol involvement and investment in his transformation. You are not here today just because you decided to wake up one day and go to church. You're here because somebody sowed some seeds. Somebody told you about Jesus. You, you, you didn't just pass by and say, they go to church all to come in. You got to give credit to somebody who selflessly decided to share with you their faith. I don't know if it was your mama or your grandmama. Somebody ought to testify. I know I've had some people who took the time to pray for me. Somebody pray. I got to tell you, I'm here today because somebody prayed. They took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad. Is there anybody here? Jesus sent this man home so that the wonder and joy of his healing could be shared and shared with people whose sacrifice and investment had helped them make his healing possible. It's a reminder, brothers and sisters, that when we willingly share one another's burdens, we all benefit with those burdens, when those burdens are lifted by creating in our church a community of support and vulnerability and sacrifice for each other. We might as well close our doors if we're not going to be there for other people. We might as well stop having church, all this shouting, all this is singing if we're not going to help other people. God has allowed us to be at this place so that we will be equipped and empowered to make sacrifices for the community. We ought to change the community. We can change the county. We can change the country. We can change our world for the world that God so loves. And in doing so, we model the relationship and the kinship that is the defining feature of the kingdom of God. How do you do it? You got to pay attention. Say, pay attention. Paying attention is how we get things done. And, and, and the way, hear, hear me when I say this, y'all, uh, not only how we get things done, uh, as we pay attention, we discover that we are not alone in our suffering. That we are able to see and bear witness to the suffering of others rather than concentrating on ourselves or relegating to others to the margins where we don't have to see them or pay any attention to them or ignore their plight. The promise of the gospel is that God's transformation comes in the context of community. And when we experience God's transformation in the context of community, when God saves you, when God delivers you, when God heals you, when God changes you, when God empowers you, when God elevates you, that's not the time to leave. That's the time to connect with the community. That's the time to stay in the community and share the good news of what God has done. Let me just close this thing out by saying this. A dysfunctional man got delivered. A dysfunctional man got delivered, but when his neighbors saw him sitting with his hair arranged. His clothes intact. In his right mind. The Bible says they were upset and annoyed. 
I got to close this thing and I'm trying to. But here's what I discovered about people. Here's what I, that, that people have no problem with your confusion. But they got a big problem with your clarity. People don't mind your weakness. They just bothered by your strength. People don't have a problem with your trouble. They just have a problem with your triumph. Oh, I, when I get to yours, you can shout. People don't have a problem with your pain. But they got a big problem with your power. People don't have a problem with your ignorance. They, they just got a problem with your intelligence. People don't have a problem with you flucking out. They got a problem with you achieving and aspiring to great heights. People don't have a problem with your afflictions. They just got a problem with your anointing. Those people got upset and they asked Jesus to leave their shores. You got to go, Jesus. They were more valuing, they, they were valuing hams than they did humans. <laughs> did I say that at the first service? Y'all getting that one for free. <laughs> but the man is grateful. He's thankful for his desperation has been relieved. And he says, Lord, let me go with you. You've done so much for me. You, you brought me back to where I used to be. And I never thought I would be. I, I never imagined myself being here. Can I just, can I just go with you? I, I want to follow you wherever you go. But Jesus says, and, and I can paraphrase, I, I appreciate your gratitude. But if you really want to help me, I, I, I got another assignment for you. It's a new assignment. I, 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 I need you to understand this assignment. I, I don't want you to go with me. I just want you to go home and don't, don't leave the community. Don't, 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 don't leave. Your, go to your community. Go home and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. Because you can do more for me at home than you could do following me around. Go home because you're left insane. And go back now with your right mind. Go home because you're left running zigzag. Go home walking straight. You're left broken. You, you can go home now and be blessed. You, you, you left destructed. Go home delivered. You, you, you left with your head hanging down. Go home with your head standing up and your shoulders pushed back. You, you left irresponsible. Go home and handle your business. Go home and tell your friends. Go home and tell your homeboys. Go, go tell the boys on the block. Go tell the boys in the hood. Go tell the homies in the club. Go tell the fellas in the fraternity. Go tell the soldiers who are slinging on the street corner. Tell those who are hooked on meth and addicted to sex, stealing in the shop. Tell them what great things the Lord has done. Tell them the Lord has always provided. Tell them, your, yes, that the Lord is a light in darkness. That the Lord will be your strength when you're weak. That the Lord will build you up when you're torn down. He'll be your voice when you can't speak. He'll be your eyes when you can't see. That he'll bring out the best in you. Tell them that the Lord always provides. Tell them that the Lord has been good to you. Go on and tell them that God has smiled on me. 
He has set me free. Tell them that the Lord is my everything. Go home and I think all of us ought to take note of what the young man did. We need to leave here today and go home and tell our story. Find three people and say, tell your story because can't nobody tell it like you can tell it. What the Lord has done for you. Tell somebody that the Lord has saved you. Tell somebody that the Lord has healed you. Tell somebody that the Lord has lifted you. Tell them that the Lord has held your hand, that he's walked with you, that he's talked with you, that he's told you that you are his own, that the Lord healed your body, that the Lord fixed your mind, that the Lord helped your family, that the Lord restored your finances, that he renewed your joy. Tell them that I was seeking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Tell them you were sinking so very deeply, stained within, sinking to rise no more. Tell them that the master of the sea heard your despairing cry, and now from the waters he lifted you, and safe are you. Tell them that love lifted me, love rescued me, love came for me, love made a way for me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. I got to go, y'all. I've been having some fun up here, but can I say it one more time? Tell your story, tell your story. Nobody can tell it like you. Nobody can say it like you. Tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it. You ought to tell it, yeah. Tell him how you was down and he picked you up. Tell him how he cried and he wiped your tears. Tell him how you couldn't sleep, but joy came in the morning. Tell somebody that you waited on the Lord and he renewed your strength. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Won't he, won't he, won't he? Won't he do it? Say yes. I know he's all right. to witness about what the Lord has done for you. Thank you, Pastor Brown. Never stop telling your story. We've come to the time where we want to pause and make sure that everybody in the house is all right with God.
We've got some people in the house who can tell their story how when they found Jesus, when they accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, the life changed and he fixed it. This church prays every day of the week for those who are lost. Every day of the week. We know our mission to reach the lost at any cost. And we pray for that. And so if you're in this house today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this Jesus who sent the demons out, this Jesus who healed, who gave sight to the blind and caused the lame to get up, pick up their beds and walk, this Jesus that can fix it. If you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, we're here to tell you that it's a simple process. A, admit that you're lost in sin, that you need God in your life. B, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he hung, bled, died on the cross and that he's coming back again. He rose from the dead and he's coming back. And see, confess with your mouth that you want him as your savior. This time is set aside for those who will make that decision. Our leaders, our deacons, our ministers are in the aisles and in the back prepared to receive you. We're prepared to walk with you, to explain to you what it means to be a member of the household of faith and a member of resurrection. We're here for you. This is your time. We welcome you. We invite you at this time to walk, to come. Join us on this journey. Is there one who will give their life to Jesus today? You're not by yourself. I love you, Jesus. We'll walk with you. have a church home and you know you need to be in the fellowship of faith you know you need to walk with others who are trying to get to the same place that you want to go 
There are people all across this building who are ready and willing to walk with you on this journey called Resurrection Family. Pastor Ray D. Brown, we are ready to help you do that. So if you don't have a church home, we invite you as well to walk. If you don't know Jesus, you need to accept him as Savior. If you don't have a church home, you can walk and you can text. You can text JOIN. 830-689-8074. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Won't you come? Just because we are moving to another segment, it doesn't mean that you can't still come. All week long, every day of the week, people are joining the family of faith. They're joining for baptism. They're joining because they need a church home. So this invitation does not end. It does not stop. We have worshiped in praise. We have worshiped in the preached word. And now we worship with our presence, what we give to God for his goodness. Amen, amen. What we do as a church, you know, we say that we are servants of Christ, developing uh, uh, followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. We say that every Sunday. Well, the way we do that with excellence is because of your generosity to God. That you are trusting God with your resources so that the church can do what she does. So what we're gonna ask you to do, if you want to give through Push Pay, you can text RBC1 to 77977. Follow the instructions to give there. You can drop it off during the week, and as we exit today after the benediction, you can leave your offering there. At this time, we are going to have the communion. Pastor, would you? To the highest mountain.
thank you for this privilege of being able to come to your table right now and express our trust and our belief in you. You told us to do it in obedience. Bless now these elements and those who participate. We thank you for those who went down in the water today. We pray that they would understand their spiritual walk, that they would continue to grow, to know the sacrifice that you gave on Calvary. In Jesus' name we pray. On that day, the Bible says he sat down with his disciples and he took the bread, he broke it, and told them, eat this in remembrance of me. They were still puzzled as to all of the symbolism that was in the room. Jesus made it plain, this is not an ordinary supper. He said, this now symbolizes my blood. This is how you're connected to me. It's a New Testament. And he said, drink ye all of it. On that day, when they finished eating and drinking, the Bible says they sung hymns. I got to believe that, slow it down right there, that it had to be a little bit of a happy song. I don't know what they sung, but if I could sing now, I would say, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. baptismal candidates as they come amen let's give God praise for them today Shh. this is for Marquia Rochelle but oh, as mama you Marquia Hey, Marquia. <laughs> Mama, let's give God some praise for Mama. Mm -hmm. It is a special honor for us to present this to you. Um, this is a certificate 
that shows on Sunday, March the 5th, 2023, our service was extended a little bit longer so we could put you in the water. God bless you and congratulations. Welcome to the family. And this is your daughter, mama and daughter. Y'all need to say amen louder than that. Jordan. Amen. God bless you, Jordan. How old are you? Eight years old. Amen. Jordan and to Mama, Marquia, you're not going to always feel saved. Sometimes you may not even feel like you're acting saved. But once saved, always saved. And I want you to know, continue to walk with the Lord. There's no better gift that you could give to a child than to help lead them to Christ. God bless you. Jordan, this is your certificate. Come on, let's praise God for them. Amen. Amen, amen. Y'all could do better than that. Come on. Amen. This is what, this is what the church is all about, y'all. To help bring families, to help bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So many times we just get new members who come from other churches. And I'll say this. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it on record. Don't, if you're thinking about coming to Resurrection you coming from another church, if you're mad at where you left, go on back and get it straight. Because if you come here mad, you, you're going to find out that the same problem you left over there is over here. As long as you're dealing with people, you got to understand Jesus didn't save us because we were good. He saved us because we got issues. Amen. And, and, and I, listen, Paul, I'm going to say like Paul. Paul said, not, not only am I a sinner, I'm the chief. Sinner in charge. <laughs> so don't think you come here looking for some holier than thou folks. Amen. And there are some. I would not point them out. Amen. Just keep looking straight. If you suspect that might be you. Amen. Just, just laugh. Oh, Pastor Crazy. Amen. He got jokes. <laughs> but listen, we all got issues. Amen. It's not a competition. They, all, they didn't get that way. But he died to fix every issue that we have. Hold on. And in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the fact that he rose with all power in his hands. God bless you. May he keep you. Put, those, put our statements up on the screen real quickly. Say this with me together as soon as they put it up on the screen, as soon as they find it. There it is. Our vision is that we are what? Servants of Christ, developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. God bless you, and may he keep you. Amen. Hug somebody before you leave. Amen. God bless you. To all of our first-time friends, thank you for coming.